0: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
3: Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning into the Balanced Black Girl podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for tuning in again and welcome back to the show. So happy summer. Summer officially started last week, and I hope that your summer is off to a great start. With longer days ahead, it's a really great time to focus more on wellness, on community, which you will hear quite a bit about in today's episode. And it's just a really great time to connect with those around you and those that you love. So I hope your summer is getting off to a great start. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share with you the review of the week. This week's review is titled, So Refreshing. It says, If you're looking for a refreshing and motivating podcast, look no further. This podcast feels very personal and oftentimes you feel like you're chatting with friends who happen to know a lot about a wide range of wellness topics. This podcast introduces me to a diverse group of women that I'm connected to and share a lot of the same concerns, joys, and experiences that I do. Les has done an outstanding job of gathering and celebrating our differences and similarities. Great work. Thank you so much for this amazing review. I really, really appreciate it. That is a huge goal of the show. It's to bring different perspectives that we can relate to, that we can learn something from if they're different than us, to hear different voices so that more of us can feel represented in the wellness space. And I am so glad that listening to the show does that for you. So if you have not yet left us a review for Balanced Black Girl on Apple Podcasts, please do so. It is so helpful. It is how iTunes shows the show to new people. It's what helps us in our rankings and it is what helps us really grow the community. So if you could please leave a review for Balanced Black Girl Podcasts on Apple iTunes, that would be a huge help. So, today's episode is all about building a community. And it's really, really special because the footage is from our very first live podcast recording that we just did last Friday here in Seattle. So, doing a live podcast was something that I definitely did not expect to do so soon in my podcasting career and in the uh, tenure of the show. But the Collective, which is an incredible social club organization here in Seattle, reached out and offered to provide the space and invited the Balanced Black Girl community to have a live podcast in their space. And I thought, okay, well, if we have the space to do it, let's give it a try and and let's see what happens. And that is really how the live show came to be. And as I was trying to think of themes to do for the show and who I wanted to invite and what I wanted to create, it really made the most sense to talk about community and to talk about how important community is and why we all need a sense of community. And I'm not going to give too much away because you're going to hear quite a bit about that in the interview and in the recording but really, really wanted to emphasize community in this episode and wanted to thank my community because that is really how the entire event came to be. It was so special getting to meet so many listeners and followers in real life, so many new people who'd honestly never heard of the show but just wanted to check out the event, and so many of my loved ones and members of my community who came out to support as well, and it was really, really beautiful. We had three incredible guests who I interviewed on a panel who you will get to know. Michaela Ayers, Trina Baker, and Felicia Johnson, who is a returning guest of the show. And all three of them were just phenomenal, brought such incredible perspectives. Each of them dropped so many gems in their own way. And I am just so, so grateful to have had the chance to interview the three of them for this event. We also had some really incredible partners who helped make the live podcast happen. As I mentioned, the collective, it was really their vision and them reaching out and offering the space is is how it all really came to be. And our partners, Skinny Dipped Almonds and Sounds Seltzer also donated some incredible goodies for the event, which also helped make it complete. So a huge thanks to our partners for making this event possible. A huge thanks to my, incredible community for all of your help and support and a huge thanks to all of our listeners who showed up and who asked incredible questions and who were so excited to connect as a community because that is what it is all about. I also just want to give you a little bit of a heads up that at the very beginning, we had a little bit of microphone feedback. I promise that is not going to stay throughout the whole episode, just at the beginning. So bear with us. It only lasts for a few moments towards the beginning. Uh, But there's so much incredible, incredible content that our guests gave that you definitely want to listen to this entire episode all the way through because it is so valuable. I learned so much from the three women I had a chance to interview. Our audience asked incredible questions, and I'm so, so grateful that our first live event was so uplifting, so powerful, and just that the energy was so fantastic. So, I'm going to stop blabbing. I'm going to get into the live interview, and I hope that you enjoy the episode.
1: Live podcast for Balanced Black Girl. Yes. So good. My name is Irie. I am an instructor at Burn Cycle, a personal trainer. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Episode 27 on Balanced Black Girl, if you want to check that out as well got to talk with Les, yes. So I'm so excited
1: to be a part of this, it's so dope to see women just being uplifted and empowering each other, it's really important, as we all know. So she asked me to introduce her, she's going to be speaking to some beautiful people who are going to give us some enlightenment, so let's give it up for Lestrandra,
0: Balanced Black Girl Podcasts, yes.
3: Well, first of all, thank you to all of you for being here. This is unreal that you're all here. You all have amazing energy. I started Balance Black Girl back in October of last year. And a lot of it uh, was because I was really sick of blogging and very sick of fitness. And I thought, I'll do something else. I'm a huge introvert. I don't really want to deal with people, I don't really want to go anywhere, so maybe I can just record a podcast in my room, Skype with people, it's kind of disconnected, and that maybe that's what I can do instead of blogging. And the funny thing that happened is kind of the opposite, so putting the podcast out there, it actually created this incredible community. And I didn't create the community, the guests created the community, the listeners, you all created the community. So even though I had the intention of staying in my introverted bubble and just Skyping with people and recording it and putting it on the internet, it's actually turned into this really beautiful in real life experience. And I'm so grateful that each of you are here. So when I wanted to do the theme for the show, Uh, I wanted to talk about community, and I wanted to talk about people who are building community and how important community is to our overall health and wellness, and I'm so excited to feature some incredible women who are doing wonderful work building community centered in wellness here in Seattle. So I would love to introduce our amazing speakers. First, we have Michaela Ayers, who is the founder of Nourish. Welcome, Michaela. Next, we have Trina Baker, who is the co-leader of the Seattle chapter of Girl Trek. Welcome. (laughs) And we have Felicia Johnson, who is the founder of Philippe Performance. Welcome, Felicia. (laughs) Thank you all for being here and for being a part of today's live show. So I would love to take a moment and just have each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about what you do. So Michaela, do you want to kick us off?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It feels so good to be in this room around all of you beautiful people. Um, My name is Michaela Ayers, and I'm the founder of Nourish, which is a social impact organization that's really focused on driving conversations and cultural change. Thank you. Trina.
4: I'm Timeless Trina B. Also known as Trina Baker from Seattle, Washington. I'm with a group called Girl Track, and I'm going to share a little bit about the movement here in Seattle and the work that we're doing.
1: Felicia Johnson. I have a few different roles, but I am a fundraiser by day for the University of Washington. And in the evening, I run Fleet Performance, which is a sports performance company. And I work with mainly youth athletes around speed and agility and helping them just be their best selves in whatever sport they participate in.
3: Wonderful. Thank you. So, our first question is going to be for Michaela. So, Michaela, you founded an organization called Nourish, which is dedicated to connection and driving conversation. So, can you tell us what inspired you to create Nourish and how it
0: came to be? I love this question because I remember the moment very specifically. Um, it was after the 2016 election, which was kind of like a collective oh shit moment for a lot of us. <laughs> Um, but I think it was a really important one for me specifically because it brought about this cultural... It held, I think it held up a mirror to our culture and showed us what we really are. Um, and so what was also in that mirror for me was fear um, and recognizing that people were really afraid to have conversations, afraid to say the wrong thing, but also really wanting to be connected so I was started thinking about commonality, what are some things that we all share, and of course food came to mind. <laughs> I'm a very treat-motivated person. I think a lot of the moments in my life that bring me joy are around the dinner table, and so the question that came to my mind was, like, what would it take to acknowledge the humanity in someone else? Usually it's sharing a meal with that person and, like, sitting down and hearing their story. And that is really the foundation of my organization, Nourish where strangers can come together talk about race over a meal just trying to normalize racial conversations so that's in one fear and then the other sphere is trying to create a moment of joy and, and also community over that dinner table where people can truly connect because I think you know we've been socialized to not have these types of conversations so really my goal is to try to create some safety and then I'll also challenge people to be brave and step into those conversations so they can achieve some healing, because ultimately, I think conversations can be healing. And that's my goal. I love that, because I think for
3: a lot of people, there's a lot of fear around having difficult conversations. And difficult conversations aren't necessarily something to be afraid of. Sometimes they can be something good to lean into. And the fact that you create a space for that is really wonderful. So thank you. So Trina, for those who may not be familiar with Girl Trek... Can you tell us about the mission of the organization and how Girl Trek promotes wellness and community for black women?
4: Absolutely. We are out in every neighborhood trying to mobilize black women. And so the whole goal is to mobilize black women to be change makers in their community. And what that looks like here in Girl Trek Seattle, that looks like Halloween, we are serving cider at Boobash to the children. That looks like Seward Park every fourth Saturday, walking the Sewer Park loop. It's like Girl Track is whatever you can make it within your own community. We're inspired by the women in our own community, and I'll be able to share some examples of what that looks like. But basically, it's walking your neighborhoods five out of seven days for 30 minutes. Doctor recommend it. As well as uh, we're not a fitness organization, we are about healing and self care, and so using that thirty minutes more as, as as a time for yourself.
3: And I love that you mentioned that Girl Trek is whatever you want it to be, because it is a national organization, and so in different communities, it, it takes shape with what that community needs, which is really wonderful. And Felicia, so you're an entrepreneur. You run your speed and agility business. You also work full-time as a fundraiser at the University of Washington. You are like a master relationship builder. It's what you do at your day job. It's what you do at your side hustle job. So what advice would you give someone who wants to be stronger in that area, wants to be better at building connections and community?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that both of my roles have taught me is that we all can find a commonality with someone in the room, whoever we're working with. And being a fundraiser, I'm working with a lot of individuals who are 50 to 70 years old, and with my speed and agility, I'm working with 10 to 18 year olds and trying to find something in that space where I'm able to relate to them. And so it comes down to really being authentic to, to who you are, but also just asking thoughtful questions and making sure it's about them. So when it, if it's my client or whether it's a donor, I'm always thinking about who they are and listening to who they are and making sure to ask those thoughtful questions and response. I think when people see that you are here for them and you're not just like, okay, I am listening, but I'm not, I'm not looking at you in the eyes or my responses aren't thoughtful. They can feel that and they can feel that energy and they can feel that you're not there for them. So I definitely would say one of my skill sets for just relationships and building strong, authentic relationships and connections is being true to yourself, you know, being transparent in there, but also being thoughtful in how you get to know someone. You know, I think we get to a point where it has to be transactional. I'm here because I want something from you and but I'm gonna give you something back. So to me, that's great. No. I'm here cuz I want to get to know you and through that process if there's something I can do to help elevate you and take you somewhere else that's amazing and if if you get that back to me that's great but that's not what I'm expecting. So going into that space knowing that you're there for them.
3: I love that. And I love what you said about not making relationships be transactional. I think that's a really important thing. Been there. I've point. had a few of. Them. Yeah, same. And <laughs> I've been on you. both sides of it. Right? Yeah. So this is a question for all of you. I would love to hear your thoughts on why is building community so important?
1: I'll go. Yeah. Um, I, it's so important because I really do feel like who we surround ourselves with is what allows us to embed ourselves and take ourselves to the next level. And my community are women and men that I feel like are, are better than me in different aspects of life. And I go in there wanting to soak up the knowledge from what they're doing. And I just become a better person because of who I surround myself with. And so I'm very intentional with who I have in my circle and what environments I put myself in. Because I know when I leave, I want to feel filled up. I want to feel like I got something from there and there was added value. But I want it to be um, responsive back to it, too.
4: And I'll add that um, having sisterhood is extremely Um, beneficial and um, in regards to having a tribe or squad of women that um, will support you will walk with you and um, a lot of times through walking you get to know one another you get to talk through what's happening at work what's happening in your home and um, over the last three years we've experienced that and built this relationship and built this sisterhood to where um you would think that we know each other outside of Girl Track, and we really just know each other through Girl Track, and we're sisters through Girl Track, and we and we walk alongside each other. And everybody goes back to their homes and they go back to their, uh, you know, their jobs and all that. But you know that you have a tribe of women that are right there, a phone call away, to go walk with you, or you could find them every Saturday walking. And you know the sisterhood is there. And I think being consistent, you know, when you're building community, consistent sisterhood is something that we bring.
0: I love that. Consistent sisterhood? I'm going to take that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, I guess the only thing I would add to that is I think from an evolutionary standpoint, we need each other. Like, we need to be around each other. We get energy from each other. Um, We nurture each other. We invest in each other. And I think about... that kind of collective goal to be on this planet and sustain life here um and that's what drives me to build community is like that shared goal that commonality in the human experience and um being able to look at someone and acknowledge them and um with dignity and respect and um like with the goal of deepening that um in a in a group, because we need we also need that, and that's a safety. Um so I think along with all of those other beautiful things like consistent sisterhood, um, I think about, you know, just the community of this place that we're in and the history of this place and like honoring that. I'm so glad that you said
3: We need each other, like we as people need each other. And that leads perfectly to my next question. I was recently reading um, an article that mentioned that having strong social connections in one's life can actually improve your well-being and longevity better than cutting a 15-year smoking habit. Like having connections with people in your life adds more years to your life than quitting a 15-year smoking habit, which is incredible. So I would love to hear from each of you um, how building strong community has impacted you personally and how it's had a positive impact on your life.
1: I would say it's definitely opened my eyes to a different perspective of thinking a certain way. You know, when you start to build your community and, and have women and men from different backgrounds it definitely opens your eyes, but also builds new opportunities. And since I've built my community, I've been able to achieve things that I didn't think I could achieve. And I think when you're saying, like, we're we're meant to have people, and people have our backs and support us, because there's certain places you can go by yourself, it's just going to take you a while. So I ran track. So it's like, you do the relay by yourself, four laps, you know. <laughs> I'm going to need a few breaks in there, a water break. But if you've got a relay and you've got someone to hand that baton off to and they're going to take you to that next level and introduce you to someone, those open doors for you. So I definitely feel like the community has lifted me to new levels, but also encouraged me. There's a lot of women in this room that have spoken light and life into me and said, no, you can do this. I'm like, no, but I don't know. They're like, no, you're getting this done. I know so-and-so is going to help you. I'm like, all right. And next thing you know, an idea I have is now in action because I've shared it with someone, and now they're helping me, giving me that extra push.
4: I'll add that I feel um, having the right partnerships that are in alignment will definitely propel the work that you're doing and the mission that you're trying to get across. So, for example, the work that we're doing in regards to black women getting outdoors and walking. And here in Pacific Northwest, that means walking the King County Trails and um, being able to partner with, like, Washington Trails Association and King County Trails uh, Coalition. um, I'm literally the only person of color sitting at the table of 50 others in the room. And so um, they're asking me, well, how do we... How do we, how do we get more, more voices in the room? Well, and like literally we went and had coffee and it's like, well, okay, you, my partner, Makia can't even come to those meetings because they're in Mercer Island. They're at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, So, our community—you know—that's hard for our community to get out there. Um, And so, what they what they did was, and how we worked together was coming up with a community meeting that was on the weekend in Columbia City. You know, um, childcare provided, uh, food, (laughs) like like, you know, but. Like this is this is the kind of change that I'm happy to be a part in regards to building community and partnerships. Like, yes, we have a long way to go, but I will say after uh Girl Track is on their fourth season right now, we're on our fourth season and everyone's asking us, what have you guys done before? Where where's your support been before? We're volunteer based. So we're telling them no, oh, we're just now learning about the opportunities that are available to us. And so they're blown away, and now they're at the table. How, how can they do better at reaching our community? And these are the conversations that we're having of how can we do better at this, and how can I share with my community the opportunities that I'm learning about that's available to us.
3: Meeting people where they're at, which is so important. That is how you get more people in, is you make it accessible and available,
0: create that space. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get authentic with you guys. I grew up in Nebraska, And I feel like that's an important fact (laughs) to share. (laughs) Um, But I say that because, like, I grew up in a culture where I was always the other, like bringing the lens of blackness into this conversation. I feel like I was always not included. And that has really formed my principles around what belonging means, and what community means for people who are traditionally not included in that conversation and then also how society by design excludes us from each other um, and doesn't support belonging for people who have certain types of identities and so that is what ultimately drives me to create spaces for people um, because I think as an individual there's so much trauma (laughs) that we're kind of socialized in every day Um, and then also when you add on top of that not having community it's, there's a lot of pain. And then there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in order for you to feel truly seen. And I think about that a lot when it comes to you know, being a woman of color in a lot of spaces that are predominantly white. How can I feel seen and heard and also safe in those spaces? And how can I create that space for other people? And so it, it does mean that you have to model a lot of radical vulnerability. Um, and it does mean that you have to be willing to step into an experience that is uncomfortable, but I have found that it has been the most beautiful gift (laughs) of my life Like to think about meeting women who have come and said they've been to a dinner or they've come to an event and it's really meant something to them. And just that experience alone, to me, is like my purpose. And I'm really grateful to have that. Oh my goodness. I don't even know how to follow that up.
3: (laughs) But thank you for sharing that because it's... I know I've had very similar experiences. I'm sure that many people in this room have had very similar experiences. It's why so many of us are here. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that. So for all of you being community builders, doing so much work pouring into other people and connecting with other people, what do you also do for you? How do you take care of you?
0: I can go first. I really love going on long walks not in the ironic long like long walk on the beach way but like i feel like getting out in nature like what girl trek is doing like being outside is really good for us We're grateful. I mean, I feel so grateful to live in this part of the country that is beautiful, where the air is clean, um, where we have access to outdoor spaces. And I feel like that is what is my self-care right now. And then, um, you know, writing, having a a practice every day where I write out things I'm grateful for, um, and then also affirmations for the life and future that I want, Um, and then just being willing to sit and not look at screens. Um, I know it sounds like, I mean, analog hobbies are like my jam. So anything I can do to not be connected to the internet, um, I'm really trying to practice.
1: Um, I'll go. So for me, I, I i went to Cleo Wade's Heart Talk And back in October, and she spoke about self-care and this idea that sometimes we think it needs to be going to get a massage, something you have to pay for. I'm going to get my nails done. And then I started for myself thinking like it was, you know, being active and taking care of myself. And then I realized, you know, having a nine to five and then training athletes, the last thing I wanted to do was go work out again. And for me, self-care has been about just being still and having nothing on my schedule like when you can just wake up when your body wants to wake up, it is a blessing. <laughs> like, and I just wake up and and I might go make some grits, I might go do whatever I need to do, um, write in my journal, read a book, just get caught up on my day, clean the house. And that's been self-care for me. And I thought it had to look like something totally different. And once I realized that we all have our own unique way of taking care of ourselves, but when you're on the go so much, just being still also it has allowed me to appreciate all the things I have going on and the work I have. And it makes me feel re-energized to go back into it every day.
4: Um, I would say, um, yeah, self-care looks, looks different for all of us. Um, one form I've learned is being a leader of girl track is being a girl tracker and living by the code. And after, um, you know, so many years, you could become complacent yourself and busy. And so I found myself last season, like, I'm just like everybody else. I'm busy. Uh, You know, I'll get my walks in when I can. But I will say 2019, I've been super dedicated just for myself. Like, I, like I, I know the importance of why I need it. 137 black women are dying a day from preventable heart diseases. There's times that I will be already in the bed for the night, and I'll I'll get up and be like, no, I owe this to myself, and so kind of taking on that that mindset of like, no, like I know I need this for myself, and 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 then not only that, but being grateful for the ability, the movement of my legs, and you know, this is something that I'm able to do. Not everybody's able to walk, um, and then it also helps to have a little fur ball uh she's she's seven pounds she my princess her name is cinderella (laughs) so you know like literally like like i have to get get out and get fresh air morning afternoon and night no matter what so she helps (laughs) and and that's helping me be accountable like for real like i wanted to be accountable and so having her keeps me accountable to get outdoors and get moving
3: You know, what I love about what you just shared was talking about leadership and really making sure that as a leader, you also have to walk the walk, which no pun intended for for Girl Trek, but (laughs) (laughs) that you are truly living by the principles that you are calling and leading others to do, which can be really, really challenging because especially as women and as black women, we pour so much into other people and into other people's well-being that also saying, hey, I need this too can be really really hard but it's so important yeah so Felicia this question is for you you are also the queen of taking online connections offline into the real world so during a time where it's easy to only feel connected to people digitally and I know Michaela you mentioned this too that screen time time without screens is self-care which I agree with Um, Felicia, what advice do you have for people who maybe want to take some of their online connections offline?
1: Yeah, when you say that, there's a few people in the room that I met via IG, and then we met in person. And then you, or it's one of them, I saw Les's profile on Instagram, and I was like, hold on. I need to know this woman. I'm liking pictures and commenting, and I'm like, her energy and her vibe just through her page. Love it. And we were at an event, Women Ignited Summit, and it was similar how you you guys all came in and everyone's mingling. And I'm like, okay, should I go do it? <laughs> she doesn't know me. It's just weird. <laughs> I know her whole background. Her. her last picture was at this park. I live, like, five miles away from it. <laughs> so I didn't say all that, but I went up to her, like, a fan. Like, hi, um, you don't know me, but my name's Felicia. And I follow on in Instagram. And I was like... And I just stopped. I'm like, hey, this is, is she going to say something? And she was like, oh, my gosh, thank you for saying hi. I was like, okay. And it made it so much easier. But then it made me realize that uh, everyone's out there to make a connection. Everyone wants that connection. And I know we put a lot of ourselves on Instagram and on our social media sites, and we make it public. But then it can be weird when someone knows your whole story before you've actually met them. But I, I will say, like, making sure there's that balance of oh, – balance. Of not saying, like, all the things in my head, not saying all of that right off the back, you know, and just saying to her, no, I I really enjoy your page, and it's really inspired me, and that sparked a conversation, and I, we just had a really authentic conversation, and it's, I mean, it's evolved to this like me being on this stage with you and seeing you grow and seeing your podcast and seeing you evolve and being on that journey. And so I will say that there are people out there on Instagram or whatever social media site that, you know, you can make a real friendship out of and relationship and connection. And it's just a matter of finding that commonality and reaching out to them. But once we had that connection, it made me less nervous to do that to other people. You know, when I saw someone in their page and maybe I made a comment, if I saw them in person, just go say hi. You know, and I think we get nervous if they're going to think we're a fangirl. But hey, why not? I'm a fangirl. I'm your cheerleader. I got it right here. Lorena, I'm our cheerleader. Like, we met via IG, and then she said, do you want to go bouldering? I was like, sure. And that was our first time meeting. And I told my husband, I'm like, he's like, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, I'm going bouldering. He's like, with who? I was like, I actually haven't met her yet, <laughs> but I'm about to meet her in a couple hours. He's like, so you guys, I'm like, no. He's like, well, when did you first reach out to her? Like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, more power to you. All right. And I came home. and I'm like, we did this. And I met her husband and, It's been a great connection. So I would just say, you know, just don't be nervous and scared and understand the person on the other side is really looking forward to having that connection. And we put our life story out there, hoping it inspires someone. And when we hear that from you, it's like, whew, it's worth that novel of a content that we just posted. Like, it's worth it. So just make the connection and say hi.
3: And I'll say from that interaction, having been on the other side of it, it made me feel more comfortable than when I saw new people that I connect with online saying hi. And because I'm a queen creep. So it made me be like, OK, if Felicia we says say hi are. to me, I can say hi. My friends are in the front row because they know how creepy I am.
1: I think it's, but it, it's humbling because I think we all realize that we are like my page will take me somewhere. And next year I'm like, how did I end up here? Follow. Yep.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that tip that you gave of maybe not saying everything that you now know from someone following and yeah. just starting with hi is actually a really. I received that. Don't let them all the follow And need to also in. apply it. Yeah. So thank you for that.
1: Say yeah, exactly. Don't and don't go back to like, oh, you were at this place. And it's like I posted that like six months ago. Yeah. Huh. <laughs>
3: We all do it. We all do it. So, Michaela, at Nourish, you focus on facilitating honest, open dialogues that drive cultural change. Why is open dialogue so important for building community and fostering a
0: sense of belonging? Mm. Also a great question. Um... I could nerd out about this for a long time, but I'll try to keep it as concise as I can. No, nerd out. No, nerd no, nerd no out. bring it. Okay, so I spend a lot of time thinking about words, like the words that we use to describe ourselves, to describe each other, to describe like the realities that we live in, um, and I th- especially you know, think about being racialized, living in a society where we are racialized beings. And how if you are not able to truly express that experience, you're not able to tell your whole story. And how, you know, as humans, we really learn best through storytelling. And how can I empower and Um, give people the space to craft the language of their story is something I spend a lot of time thinking about and that is the open dialogue that I think really has the potential to shift our culture Um, and I think that is the potential dialogue that is healing, right? Because it's like we all have trauma Um, and I believe that conversations really are, do have the ability to heal Um, so it's about trying to create a space for people to step into that and kind of understand what does that mean for me? Um, What is my experience as a racialized being? Um, How do I live in this world that was constructed underneath that as well? Um, And I think when it comes to building community, it's about trust and being willing to step into that experience and trust the people around you to hold that space. um, While also making room for like joy (laughs) and laughter and like silliness and all of those other things that come along with being human. Um, And so to me, it's like the complexity of all of that. It's like you know that bite where you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you get kind of like that mixture of um, a whole being in a story. And that I think has the power to shift um, an individual and then a collective group of people.
3: I'm so glad that that you nerded out with us because that was <laughs> that was just really beautiful and really the point that trauma and joy can coexist both of those things can be true and and there's so much value in sharing and connecting over all of who we are as beings it doesn't just have to be the good stuff or just the bad stuff but we can heal with all of it it's wonderful thank you so trina i would love to talk a little bit more about walking because walking is definitely at the core of of what girl trek does so why is walking such a powerful form of self-care?
4: First of all, doctor recommended. it. So that's the, <laughs> that's, that's the minimum of physical activity that we should be doing five out of seven days for 30 minutes um, to prevent heart disease. But I think there's, there's power in activation and moving of your steps and reclaiming your neighborhood. So part of Girl Track and the work we do is reclaiming your neighborhood And there's an annual walk that we participate in called Save Our Sons, inspired by Kathy McCoy. And we have walked Rainier Beach Community Center to Rainier uh, Playfield. And um, the whole idea was inspired from a Girl Track TED Talk that our co-founders had uh, participated in. And what they were saying was, with Trayvon Martin, had a black mama been walking the block would that crime still have went down? And so that now came back to Seattle of the same, like if black mamas are walking the block for one hour on a high crime area, maybe crime, maybe no gun violence will happen on our watch. And so that is essentially like the core of of Girl Track beyond like every fitness goal, like that's the core of like that civic and that social justice piece of walk-in um, is reclaiming your neighborhood. And we're inspired by the women in our communities, like the Kathy McCoys. And for example, tomorrow we're having a mental health walk to raise awareness for June is PTSD Awareness Month. And so raising awareness for mental health partnering with, uh, therapeutic health services inspired by one of our trackers. She said, Hey, has girl Trek done a mental health walk? No, we haven't. Let's do it. And that's kind of how girl Trek is operated. Um, we're inspired by the women right here in Seattle. Um, last week we had a sister circle, a healing circle for, uh, one of our sisters that is, um, mourning and going through grief within her family. Um, we literally circled among her and her daughter uh, to speak life. And so um, that's where walking takes us. <laughs> you know, like it's way beyond just clocking miles and getting our steps in for the day, which is great. But the other side is that um, the the power behind when black mothers walk. And that's the whole goal of Girl Track is we're recruiting one million walkers by 2020, and the whole notion is what would happen if black mothers got together and walked? Like the simple, not even black mothers, I'm sorry, black women, uh, because you don't have to be a mother, but what what would happen if black women were to just walk and just let's just start there, and everything else will happen organically, and that's what's happened in the last four years in Seattle.
3: I just have chills as you're saying that, because that goes even beyond the... How do we build community, but how do we make our communities better? How do we do something that's good for ourselves and good for our community at the same time, which is really, really beautiful. So next question is for Felicia. So although you now call Seattle home, you are a California native, maybe for people who don't know uh, Felicia's background, from the Bay Area. So what tips do you have for those who may be looking to create community in a new city or in a place away from home?
1: Yeah. So being from California, the Bay Area, I came here for college. And I think being in that setting, it allowed me to make some friends right off the back. Ran track there. I had the track community. I had um, those who I was in the same class with. But it wasn't until I moved to Spokane in my mid-20s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I people were looking at me. I'm like, Mom, I'm moving to Spokane. And she's like, what's that, Montana? I don't know. I was like, might as well be. Yeah, she was really concerned. Um, But I I moved there with my now husband, and we went there to, you know, we both got our um, graduate degree, and we both had a job there. And being there really made me realize, like, I love people, and I always thought it was easy to make friends, but I think it was also because of the setting I was in. Other people were eager to make friends, too. And I got there, and I realized everyone kind of already had their cliques in their community, and here I am, like, a little puppy, like, I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. Everyone's looking at me like we've got our group. And so I had to put myself into spaces that were going to allow me to make some new connections. And I could have just became best friends with my husband and been with him every day. But then we probably wouldn't still be together. Um, We're still good friends. Yes, we're still best friends. But I needed to actually have Other people and women that I can go to. And so I found a gym, you know, I found a a gym that was all about women and it was a CrossFit style gym. And then I found a church and then I, I found different communities and spaces that I would go to solo. And then that really helped me kind of break that and get out of my comfort zone is going by myself. And there's always like the other person that's by themselves, too. You see them in the corner. I'm like, yes, I'm not the only one. And I gravitate towards them and make conversation. But I think for me, it was definitely just putting myself in that space and being proactive. And if you talk to someone it was like, oh, hey, like, let's catch up another time. I'm that person that's like. Texting you, okay, so we said we're gonna catch up. Are you free Tuesday? <laughs> How about Friday? And they're like, oh. And if they don't respond right away, like, they're not serious. Okay, next person. You know? And so that idea is like being proactive and putting action behind it. If you're just sitting at home and hoping friends come to you, it's not gonna happen. But I think Seattle has grown, and moving back to Seattle in 2016, realizing that there's women like you creating spaces like this, and there's other events that you can go to. And so it's out there. You just have to go find them and then put yourself in that space.
3: Um, Michaela, I would actually love to hear your thoughts on the same question for you being a Nebraska native, which is also a very different environment than the one that we're in now. What building community in new cities has looked like for you as well?
0: It has been... um, it's it's like a different kind of introvert extrovert exercise for me in terms of putting myself out there and it's coaching myself like you got this you know jokes you know it's like you're you you you're nice you smell nice you can do it So there's a lot of, like, internal narrative that happens when I come into a space. But then when I'm in that space, it's, like, same story. Like, who's who's maybe here by themselves? Who, like, I'm all about trying to find commonality. So it's usually starting from that place. And I am an infinitely curious person. And so I actually have a book of questions that I... (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, okay, let's go through this list here and see what kind of, like conversations I can create um, because ultimately that's what my goal is, is trying to come out of any event with like one meaningful connection. I'm not trying to talk to a million people but I'm like, can I meet just one? Um, and then from there, like how can I cultivate that? Like how can I hold on to that and plant that seed and see what happens and You know, I think what's challenging sometimes about Seattle is like the the landscape and the atmosphere and the ecosystem is changing really rapidly. And so for me, it's like, how can I find a space for women of color? Like, how can I find a space for people who are driven to make a change in this world? Um, And so just by curiosity, like letting myself just say yes, like that's led me to creating a really beautiful community. So many gems in
3: there. So make sure you have your jokes, have questions. (laughs) The jokes don't hurt. Jokes don't hurt. But even if you just look to connect with just one person, right? Find one common thread with one person. That's so much less intimidating than trying to maybe work the whole room, especially if you're on the introvert side of the scale like like we are. So we're going to start wrapping things up with our... Questions from me before we open it up to questions for the audience. I would love to chat with you ladies about just a couple more things. Um, This next question is for Trina. So how can folks get involved with and support Girl Trek? And what is coming up next for Girl Trek Seattle?
4: I'm going to try not to give a loaded answer (laughs) because we have so much going on. Honestly, Um, part of my role is organizing with a, a group of women and I really try really hard to reach our community in different aspects and avenues. Um, for example, we just did hiking trap yoga um over at Cougar Mountain. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to Snoqualmie Falls. So every second Saturday, we hit the trails and we explore various hiking trails, beginner level all the way up. Right now, we're still in beginner level mode, so it's a great time to hop in. Um, and we're utilizing like the resources that are available here in Seattle to access these trailheads and different things like that um, so every second Saturday we're um, trailblazing, every fourth Saturday we're at Seward Park um, and every first and third we are in Renton walking Cedar River Trail they read at, they meet at Renton Stadium, um, we're in Everett, we're in Tacoma and um, des moines so and that list can keep growing the more you guys get inspired and decide like i want to do a girl track walk with my own friends and basically what we do in girl track seattle we have a, a instagram page seattle city Trekkers. we post our flyers our different events there um you can find me timeless trina b on instagram um, everything girl track and outdoors um Facebook, Girl Track Seattle is our private page. We, every month, we have a calendar that's posted by the first of the month. You can see all the walks that we're doing for the entire month. You can see where to find us. We have an event section on that page that has events um, beyond our neighborhood walks. Um, you could come and walk the urban games with us. We're doing redlining the Central District walks next Saturday. Um, we're also, we're going camping with the YMCA. (laughs) We're going African American females weekend. We're also doing refuge outdoor camping. Um, we're also going to stress protest in Denver, Colorado. Um, and so we're, I mean, we're, we're doing things and the best way is to get on our Facebook page. Um, we're very organized with keeping flyers and events posted. Um, yeah, the Umoja parade. Like however you want to hop in with us, you can get it in. So girl <laughs> girltrack.org um, we post our walks. You can search by zip code. You can see the upcoming walks that are coming up. And then do not be afraid or ashamed to start your own walking group. I'm here to help you build that and advertise that. Um, the model's already laid out to be an organizer. It's really simple, it's grassroots. So, like I said, Girl Track is whatever you want to make it. And I'm here to just like aid and grab your hand along the way. Um, so, yeah, that's how you can find us. You can find us everywhere this summer. <laughs>
3: Amazing. Thank you. And we'll make sure that we link to that Facebook group in the show notes too, so that you all after this or listeners at home are able to to get there and get to the events because they're doing some incredible things. So Michaela, what is next for Nourish? What's coming up for you? How can we support and get involved?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the fun thing about Nourish right now is it's evolving. Um, so like how many people in the room here like have side hustles like on their own maybe? Yeah. Cool. So next Friday, actually, in this exact same space, I'm hosting a happy hour for women founders or entrepreneurs who are interested in doing their own thing. Um, Just trying to connect women with resources and really also people who are in that kind of like... Bookkeeper, lawyer, like people who you really should talk to when you're thinking about starting a business. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, you can find those tickets on my website, um, and that'll be here next Friday. Um, And then also, I'm starting a picnic series when it comes to having conversations about race and telling your story. Um, So that's something that I'm kicking off in July. Um, And then the rest, you'll just have to stay tuned. I I I wish I could say I was going to Denver or Colorado. That sounds. (laughs) I still can. That's That's true your thing yeah but that's all for me well, we'll be sure to link to
3: that in the show notes as well so that everyone knows where to rsvp for those events so this last question is for all of you it's always my favorite question and that is what does being a balanced black girl mean to you i'll
0: take a i'll take a swing at it to me it's holding space for myself and being patient and Loving myself every day, um, but then also holding space for other people and that balance between um, gratitude and like radical acceptance and just really trying to embody like that empathy every day for myself and other people.
4: Definitely having a spiritual foundation because I do work a full time job and Girl Track is my side hustle, my passion. Um, So being able to navigate and balance it all mentally, I feel like having a a strong spiritual foundation. And honestly, like I build my spiritual connection through walking. And I didn't realize that until this year where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm releasing, I'm thinking of my best ideals, I'm connecting, you know, Um, and so... I've found i found my spirituality through walking um or strengthening that I'll say. But I think too just being having a lot of grace with yourself. Like I have a list of what the balance timeless trina be looks like. And that's getting up at five thirty and going to the gym and meal prepping, but I settle with 30 minutes of walking <laughs> after work. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And 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 have a happy hour with my friends. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm having a lot of grace with myself. Like, okay, this is what I can do. And this is what I can commit to. And I do have the list of goals and the things I would like to strive to be that ultimate balanced black girl. But, you know, I'm, I'm human like everybody else. And so it's still a struggle getting there.
1: Definitely. Um, for me, I would say is being, I give so much. And so I wanna continue to give, but be more open to receive the energy back. And I think sometimes I'm always quick to say yes and give, give, give. And someone says, I wanna do this for you. And I'm like, no, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, you do. I'm going I'm to let you do that for me. And so having that balance, but also, like you said, with Grace is um, understanding that sometimes my balance just might be, it might just be a busy season for me. And we have those seasons and cycles and to be able to be comfortable going through those different cycles and understand that, that there will be a time where I will have more balance and there'll be a time that it will just be very chaotic and, and understanding that and, and being okay with that
3: love that. Thank you all for those incredible answers. And I always love asking that question because it does look different for everyone. And getting to see a snapshot into what balance looks like for each individual is really wonderful. So thank you. So now I would love to open it up if you, our lovely audience here, has questions for any of our panelists. It could be about building community. It could be about anything. Wonderful. So we'll have you come up and say it into the mic so that our... Listeners at home can also hear Come on up Hi, my name is Brianna I have 64 questions But
5: I managed to break them down into one two-part question I'm really excited to see all of you um, So Here is what I'm wondering In this space In this beautiful room in Seattle Lord, The curl pattern is on fleek There's so much moisture In this room It's, it's amazing How do you, one, address the fact that as women of color, we are often pitted against each other based on skin tone, based on background, based on education and economic status? And then once we've managed that, we're pinned against our sisters in the API community and the refugee community, right? Like, it's a constant oppression Olympics. So how do you manage that? Step one. And then my second question is... What do you see outside of white men being the greatest barrier to our success?
1: Hey, repeat that last one. Repeat the
0: last one. Repeat the last one.
5: Uh, my second question is, outside of white men, what is our greatest barrier to success?
1: You are deep. Came and dropped the ball on us, like.
3: Oh, like. <laughs> no, we're here for it.
1: <laughs> Don't say sorry. I will answer the first part. <laughs> that's the <that's a> easy. <laughs> so, um how do we kind of take away that competition and think about how we collaborate more rather than being against each other, whether it be by race or, you know, I'm dark skin, I'm dark chocolate, you're like ch- whatever it might be. Um, I definitely feel like when I started my first, my recent job at university of Washington there was a woman there that said we have a black girl magic lunch that we do. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. Um, and she invited me to it and she tried, she created a space where it was all about us coming together and meeting other women. So I would say like to that first part is thinking about how you can be that platform and how you can be an advocate for others by being an example, you know, instead of kind of going with whatever anyone in the group saying You know, bring other people in and be that person that starts that communication, that starts that collaboration, and let people be motivated by you and inspired by you and have that voice. I definitely think we all play a role, and if we use our platform, our voice, to promote goodness and understand that we can all work with each other. And when you're thinking about who you want to work with, you know, how can you make that diverse? How can you show you and and someone else that come from different backgrounds working together? And so you can really much be the starter to that conversation. We've got part two.
0: (laughs) I see you looking at me. (laughs) You got the words. You got the words. I did say that I liked words, so I'll, take, I'll do it. I'll take a bullet for it. Um, I mean, I think it's hard because there are so many obstacles, right? Um, but I think fear is one that I, I want to address as, as something that holds us back from addressing or confronting or um, trying to teach people. And so I think about that a lot and how fear really disables us from being able to create solutions. Um, And so I think about, like, where does fear live in my body? Um, Where have I experienced it? Where do I feel it? And being able to isolate that. um, And that way I can be in control when I'm triggered. Because that is what is keeping me from finding a solution, right? It's like I'm trapped in my trauma, and um, I can't react in the way that I want to, um, and so how can I, you know, be aware of my nervous system, be aware of what's happening in my limbic brain, and coach myself to still be present in that moment, and correct that person with compassion, <laughs> and then also, um you know, it's not our role to teach every person. I don't believe that's true. And um, there's people who want to be taught, and there's people who want to exist as they are. Um, so, how can I create safety for myself um, if they're not willing to learn? But then also, um, if they are willing to learn, how can I make this an experience where both of us feel like we can walk away with dignity um, and, res- and like that meaningful connection? So. There is no real answer, (laughs) but the fear is my, I will say will be my biggest obstacle.
3: Beautifully said. Thank you both. Do we have more questions from the audience? Yes.
1: Hi, I'm Trina. My question is for Trina. (laughs) My question is, um, how you told us like all of the great things that Girl Trek has coming up, but how do we, do we sign up? Is there a form? How do we join you? Do we just show up? How does that work?
4: Hey, Trina. (laughs) GirlTrack.org, you take the pledge, number one. Um, After taking the pledge, you're now in the GirlTrack database. You'll receive emails from GirlTrack National, uh, which personally are written by the co-founders, Vanessa and Morgan. Shout out to Vanessa. She's actually from Seattle. So one of the co-founders of Girl Track is from Seattle, and Girl Track was not not, was not slated to even um, happen in Seattle. Um, because it wasn't identified as a heavy populated black community. Uh, but being that she was from Seattle, it had a little piece in her heart to start Girl Track here in Seattle. So I just had to shout out um, Vanessa, who went to Garfield High School from Seattle. <laughs> um, but yeah, GirlTrack.org, you take the pledge. Once you take the pledge, you're in the database. Um, and then you'll start receiving emails. And then um, from that point, You have the capability to um, post your own walks. There's a map in there where you can host your own walks. The information is there. There's also, like, organizer tips. You can see all the... The whole shabam of how to start Girl Track, what Girl Track looks like for you. Um, the Harriet calendar. We have a Harriet handbook, I'm sorry, that gives um, Girl Track everything, do's and don'ts, and um, how, how you can start Girl Track in your community. Um, you identify us by looking for the blue shirts. So, absolutely, you can show up to a walk. Um, ideally, we want you to RSVP, but really, you can show up to a sewer park. On a fourth Saturday, March through November, we're there, rain or shine. 9 a.m., and that's a nationwide thing. Sisters are walking 9 a.m. nationwide. We call it Superhero Saturday. And so um, Sewer Park is one of our staple locations for four Saturdays. So you can find us in blue shirts and just be like, Girl Track, I'm here for Girl Track, and we're going to welcome you with open arms.
3: Thank you for that question. Do we have another one right over here and actually so if you guys don't know Abiyala you should yeah. one you should absolutely take her trap vinyasa classes every Thursday two she was our guest on episode I think five or maybe six One of, right in the beginning one of our very first Balanced Black Girl podcast guests so take her classes listen to her episode thank you Liz love you um, yes, my name is
2: Abiyala. It's a pleasure to be here. My question, first of all, I loved your answer um, to the last question with the fear and just being really mindful and processing where your actions are coming from to respond that way and understanding the root cause. Um, I just think that was really beautifully said. I wanted to ask Les and the other panelists um, What's really phenomenal right now is we have so many women of color who are creating these spaces. Each one of you are creating such powerful spaces that I really respect and continue to honor. Um, But at the same time, there is always this thin thread of competition that we have against one another. Like, only one of us can be in that space or only one of us can command that space in that way Um, and to be honest I know sometimes it pops up and I have to find where that fear is coming from so I wanted to uh, learn a little bit more about your processes as to how to not move in action in that and is there a process that you take to really begin to break that down so that you don't move in action towards that, but you can see it and notice it and maybe retract and reflect and have a different response. Or if you notice that even coming up, maybe it doesn't come up for you. And that's really phenomenal as well. Um, But I know just being honest with myself, like I do see it at times. And just learning from other women of color, if that does come up, what are their processes to not combat it, but to begin to diffuse it I would love to learn more about that from you and my second question would be as brown women in Seattle I know Felicia you're married but others of us <laughs> are not <laughs> okay yes <yeah.
5: laughs> um, how do
2: you You know, navigate this field in being a strong woman, not even a a brown woman, but just a strong woman in finding uh, a mate (laughs) that is. (laughs) That is a compatible partner. (laughs) Um, And that can hold space for your strength. I I, I packed it on, honey.
1: (laughs)
5: All
3: these two-part questions. Well, I'm going to answer the first one because I don't think anybody wants my advice for the second one. I'm an example of what not to do in that area. Um, But in terms of just that sense of feeling a sense of competition or almost a sense of if you see someone else kind of in a similar space, or doing something similar, um, how I deal with that. And honestly, it's something that I feel all the time. All the time. I feel like if I see someone with a similar message or with a similar platform, my first response, if we go into fight or flight, I'm not a fighter, I just flight. I'm like, I'll quit. I'll shut it down. No more. They're doing it. I'll stop. And what I've started doing or started thinking about when it comes to community and when it comes to holding space is that community is not pie, right? All of these things can coexist. It's not like you can take part in one thing or be part of one community and then never want to connect with anyone else again or never want to consume someone else's content again. All of those things can coexist in one space. And I found myself. When I started thinking that way, feeling like, okay, well then, does that person have something that maybe I don't have? Are they really good at something that maybe I'm not good at, and that's why I'm feeling this way? And what I've actually started doing is I've actually started reaching out to those people who make me feel that way, just to get to know them and just to learn from them. And what started happening is it kind of breaks down this barrier of maybe where we feel a sense of competition or where I feel threatened in getting to know them and kind of extending an olive branch. Olive branch. They don't even know that I'm, like, threatened and want to throw my whole business away. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> but I then, I then learn that, okay, I can learn something from this person. When I reach out to them, usually they're excited to partner and chat about something, and then that, that shows me that we can all coexist together and that there's actually strength in numbers. Like, when we team up and do things together, It's actually that much better. And a lot of that was the inspiration behind this podcast of I spent a lot of time working in the fitness space and getting super burnt out of fitness and being like, I don't want to talk about fitness anymore, but I know a lot of other dope women who are still in fitness and who are still in wellness. So what if I just create a space for them to talk so that I don't have to? And... It's it's become a totally different thing. So that was kind of a long winded answer as to how I, I manage that. But I would love to hear if anyone else has thoughts about
0: that. I'm going to co-sign on question one as well. <laughs> um, well, I guess I would say first, like, don't be surprised that that's what's happening because that's how we're socialized. Like, that is a symptom of capitalism. And white supremacy culture, like individualism, like the idea that one person can, like, meet success on their own. That's not true. Um, You were taught by people. You have parents. You have people in your community who build your success. It's never just one person. So that's a myth. And we're all playing that out so don't be mad at yourself when you see yourself in that pattern but I think what's exciting about this time is we're becoming aware like there's a higher level of consciousness around equity and what does it mean to be in community and how can we share resources and I love your practice around reaching out to people proactively um, because that scarcity is from that fear of not having enough and never being enough. And, like, I feel that all the time, and I understand um, where that comes from. But then, like, pushing against that and creating a new path pattern for yourself is ultimately, I think, how we get out of that loop. And I think that's what, especially as women, could be truly liberating is if we support each other. Now
4: you got it like she's going to finish it off because she's married <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going to do the dating one because she's married <laughs> gonna do the how I found a man right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no I mean very much like these ladies said I feel like being open and being intentional to building community I have uh, messaged women that I've seen the work that they've done online and literally have just been like I like the work that you're doing you know I feel like we should conversate more and we'll go have coffee and converse and learn about what each other's doing. And honestly, like I, I feel like I'm intentional though about that. Um, like when I started girl track, I reached out to a lady that was doing black girls run. Um, you know, we do similar work. I need to know how you're doing the work that you do to, you know, so I can know how to build the work around what I'm doing. And so I think being, um, I, I feel like we try to break the stereotype of sisterhood and really try to be authentic. And, um, we go through everything that women go through in circles of friends. Um, but being able to recognize and being accountable, um, and kind of owning up to your shit, you know what I'm saying? And so, and being around people that are going to help you own up to that. And so, um, yeah, I think just being intentional about building that versus looking at it as a, uh, as a downside.
0: Here we go.
1: Okay. Now the single ladies want to answer the second part. So I will uh, talk about it from a different perspective of how I found my man. Um, so for me, I will say we've been married for almost three years together for eight years. And we met... Down here somewhere, but we met once I kind of took down these lists that I had that didn't make sense. I'm um, not saying lower your expectations or standards, but like I had, he needs to be 6'4, I wanted to be a basketball player, I wanted him to be dark chalk, all these things, you know? And I started to realize like none of those things mattered. That's not what I really wanted. I wanted someone who can own who I am and be comfortable with me being a strong woman and he lets me be me and that was something really important. Someone who had similar values as I did and that's where we kind of came together in the moment. I mean he's 5'10 so I definitely didn't get the um, (laughs) 6'4 but he's a good solid 5'10 (laughs) lady. from a strong family um, of women. And so he knows how to treat women and he respects me and he lets me just go be me. And that's what it's all about. Um, I dated men before that needed me to be small and shrink into a box. And I am not that. And I kept wondering what was wrong. And it was because I was prioritizing the wrong thing. I need someone that will let me own my power and be my cheerleader you know? And so that's what he is. I mean, he's, he does his own thing and I've learned how to also support him. You know, um, I was used to having that attention and being that like that person and understanding that I also have to be vulnerable with him and allow him to have his space to do his thing. And for me to support him the same way he supports me. And so kind of stepping back and making sure it's a partnership and making sure that he knows that we are a team, and that's what we've always been as a team. So I don't know how to find them out there, but I I will say is, I know it's, it's different now than it was eight years ago. Um, we met right out of college, so we had that friend in common that connected us, but, I don't know, these these different sites that got out there swiping. And I feel like my mom, she's like, I couldn't date these days. I feel the same way, Ma. I couldn't date these days. I don't know. Um, But I definitely think it's like being proactive and getting out there. But at the end of the day, if the pool's not out there, it's not out there, you know? So.
3: (laughs) Thank you. All right, we have time for one more question. Yes.
0: Hi. I'm Janae, Um, so my
1: question is, I come from kind of a multicultural background and I find at times it's hard to, I'm an introvert too, so it's kind of hard sometimes to connect with people because as an introvert you want to deeply connect with somebody but when you come from a multicultural background and then you try to connect with people who aren't from multicultural backgrounds, what do you, what's the best advice that you have to connect with people who don't have your same background?
3: I think that it's about finding one commonality at a time, and I think that that helps for both the being an introvert and also maybe connecting with people who have different backgrounds than you. I know for me as an introvert, I can get information overload really quickly if we go all over the place and talk about all these different topics with all these different people, but maybe going a little bit deeper in one area with one commonality with people and, and getting that depth when you're first starting to connect, I think, can be a really good way to connect on both levels.
0: I guess I feel like I could add to that in that, um, like, how could you play? Like, what's an area in your life that brings you a lot of joy? And maybe it is, like, something that brings people who have all those different multicultural backgrounds together and then... For me, it's like, I got to keep asking a question until I get to a value. Like, what do you value about this? And I feel like that has helped me as someone who is also introverted, like, make a deeper connection. Because it's like, why? I just always, always come back to, what is your purpose? Why are you here? What did you want to get out of this? Um, and that has helped me get to that that commonality a little bit faster?
4: Um, I would say, one, just being open to learning one another. And I feel like part of the work that we do, um, for example, we're doing an event this Sunday in SeaTac at the YMCA, and it's um, called Healthfulness, talking about healthy sisterhood. And we're anticipating um, there's a large community of Africans there, and we're anticipating that, and we're anticipating the conversations to include that exact same question of, you know, how can we find the commonalities? Um, And so part of that event is having these sisterhood conversations um, to, to see how can we do better? Um, So when you do show up, are we, are we open to receiving and are, you know, and are, is it a, a, a mutually beneficial relationship? And so I think um, just being open to learning um, each other's culture. And then, um, yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, we, our arms are open and ready for women to walk in and for us to get to know each other. The easy part is walking and what comes with that is talking. So we're going to start to get to know each other and talk about what your family life is like, what school like, or what work is like. And then we'll start building that relationship and building the commonalities out of that conversation. So I think walking starts the conversation.
3: Well, thank you so much for your question. Thank you all so much for your questions. That concludes our discussion for this evening. There are so many people that I need to thank who made this all possible. So the collective, the space that we are in, this event was their idea. (laughs) They came to me and said, hey, we would love to hold space for you to bring your community in. Would you like to hold a live podcast here? And so they are really why this event took place. So I have to thank them for creating the space. Also, speaking of community, I mean, this event would not have happened without so many people in my life who are here tonight who are like talking me off a ledge as I was freaking out this week, putting this all together. Everything from figuring out how to record to finding an outfit to getting the chairs set up. Literally people in my life have touched every part of this event. And so I thank you all for your support. And I thank all of you for being here, so we have the space for a while. Please connect, please make new friends, eat, drink. We still have some snacks here, and then on the other side here at The Collective is a bar and restaurant where you're also welcome to hang out, but I wanna thank you so much for being here tonight. And please give it up for our amazing panelists.
1: We have to thank you as well. I mean...